Welcome, my friend, to this podcast, The Business of Personal Branding Photography. I am your host, Paula Brennan, and I am coming to you today with a common concern and a common problem that I find a lot of photographers who are wanting to enter into the personal branding space come across, and that is that they feel like they have a lack of a folio, a lack of work to be able to show what it is that they want to be selling, obviously what they want to be shooting, and the kind of clients that they want to be working with. So I thought today what I would do is just quickly run through some suggestions, how you can overcome this if this is currently a hurdle that you're facing. Because what I want to try and do is help you to move through these hurdles so that you can enjoy the kind of business working with the kind of clients that I do or the, the kind of clients that you want to, more importantly. So right now, if you're feeling a little bit stuck, and you're looking to expand, perhaps you're in the wedding and you're in the portrait market and you're just wanting to try something a little bit different. You might like a little bit of variety or else you might just be wanting to jump ship completely or else you might be a newbie photographer who is just getting started out and you really want to crack it into this market and become the go-to photography in your area. This episode is for you guys, my friends. So listen in, hunker down, and let's get started, shall we? So firstly, what I wanted to talk about is something that I think a lot of people don't think about when they're first starting out. And that is that I really want you to only think about displaying, only think about showing exactly what it is that you want to capture and what you and the kind of people that you want to work with. Okay, so let's talk about this from a story perspective of what happened to me early on in my career. When I first started out, if you've been listening, you know that I was a wedding photographer and I thought what I had to do when it came to showing what I did was show a little bit of everything. So I had weddings that were shot in grand locations. I would show brides with big, huge, long dresses. I was really sort of emulating what I saw a lot of other photographers doing and just trying to be sort of everything to everyone. I was showing little bits and pieces of everything that I had created and I was kind of showing every single wedding oftentimes that I was shooting and a lot of the time I was shooting brides that uh, I want to say were not necessarily the exact type of client that I wanted to work with all the time. No offense to them, but sometimes, you know, you hear it a lot, particularly in the early days of weddings, is that you can get some brides that can be a little bit more difficult before you start to get your confidence together. So it's not necessarily that they're difficult. I just found found them difficult to manage because I wasn't great at people management back then. But I was showing, as I said, a little bit of everything, lots of different locations, all of the things. And it wasn't until I was doing a redesign of my website with a web designer that she asked me a really simple question and she said, well, what kind of weddings do you want to photograph? And I was like, wow, I I really hadn't taken the time to think about it. At that stage, I was just kind of saying yes to everything that came through the door because I was afraid that I wasn't going to get another job. But at this stage, when I was doing this with her, this exercise with her, I was at a stage where I was consistently getting a lot of work. In fact, I had too much work if I look back now. And I think that, you know, one thing that I've talked about in this podcast a lot is A, I didn't know how to say no. But I think as well as I wasn't really defined as a brand about the types of weddings that I wanted to capture. So one week I'd be doing a three hour wedding up in the mountains and another week I'd be doing a 16 hour wedding that was going into the city. And I'm, of course, as a wedding photographer, I loved the variety, but I think I wasn't really, really definite about who I 
wanted to invite into my world. And so, yes, some weddings I found were difficult to work with and others were an absolute dream. And so doing this exercise with her and really nutting out exactly the types of weddings that I wanted to showcase and where I wanted to work and all of those sorts of things, becoming really super specific about it, meant that when we designed this website and put this website together, only the types of photos that would appeal to the kinds of weddings that I wanted to attract were the ones that we chose, which was a really far cry from what I was used to. I was kind of used to, as I said, trying to be everything to everybody and sort of trying to fit myself into everybody's box when they came along. Whereas as soon as I started to showcase easygoing, fun-loving couples who didn't mind if I took photos of them where, you know, they had champagne spurting out of their mouth or they were laughing so hard they looked, you know, like really horsey or something. <laughs> as soon as I started to show this, what do you think happened? I got rid of a lot of the styles of weddings that I didn't want to attract. So people who were really wanting to be superly posed and super conservative and all of that kind of thing, they weren't necessarily the kind of couples that at the time that I was attracting after that website build had happened. And it was like, bing, a light bulb went off for me. Only show what you want to shoot. Only show who you want to capture. Okay, so when it comes to building your folio, I want you to keep this top of mind and I want you to use this as a filter for everything going forward in your business. So you don't end up sort of having to do everything and be everything to everyone. You get to sort of hone in on exactly the kind of work that you want to be creating. That's really powerful when you can sort of unlock that for yourself and start to follow that as you know the, the guide for the way that you operate your business. So within this, what you really need to look at is who you want to work with. Now, if you haven't done work on your ideal client or your avatar, however you want to explain that, your niche market, whatever it is, the language that you want to use on it, if you don't know exactly the types of clients that you want to work with and the sort of businesses that they operate, you really need to go and do that work. <laughs> it's a huge component of what we do when I'm mentoring photographers inside of Breakthrough because I think the clearer that you can become about who it is that you want to work with, the easier your life will become. So for me, obviously, I love working with women over 40 who are in business for themselves. And I tend to work a lot more with women who are in the health and wellness space or in some sort of spiritual space. Now, that's not to say that I don't photograph other women, but generally, generally, even if their business isn't necessarily in those spaces, in empowerment or personal development, any of those sorts of sectors, I find that they're doing the work on themselves outside of their business. So either way, the conversations can still flow the same for me. And that's talking all the woo-woo stuff that I love, right? <laughs> so, so for me, getting to work with those sorts of clients personally, I find that very fulfilling and enriching. I get to learn a lot from my clients, but I also understand who they are. And it means that I've got a greater insight in being, being able to capture who they are. Now, I think for you, what you need to do if you haven't already is go and do this work and really get specific on the types of businesses that you'd like to capture. So write a list if you can, you know, you just write, you know, from start to finish, think of every type of business that you would potentially love to work with. Every type of creator that you might like to work with it might be artists, you might be course creators, you might like to work with 
people in finance or celebrities, whatever it is, you decide what it is that you would like, who you'd like to work with and get super specific on that list. So then what we can do is start making sure that when you're creating a folio, what are you showing? You're showing the people that you want to capture. You're showing the ways that you can capture them and you're showing them samples so that they can see themselves in your photographs. Because if they can't see you in their photographs, there's going to be a disconnect and they're going to go, let's go to the next photographer. He or she looks like they can look after me better. So the next thing that I want you to think about when it comes to building your, your folio is going directly to those businesses that you'd like to work with. Now, it doesn't mean that you go to them and you say, hey, I want to do this and I want to give you free photos and do a free photo shoot. That definitely goes against the grain of what I believe in. (laughs) I think what you can do is come up with a mutually beneficial offer. So it might be a case that you go to them and you say, hey, I'd really love to feature your business and this is what I can do for you. You would normally pay this much money, but I'm going to do it for this much. How does that feel to you? If you can go to them with a, a a compelling offer or something that makes it really desirable for them to have, I'm sure that most small business owners would jump on the chance to be able to have a fantastic offer like that. Now, if they don't value photography as part of their marketing strategy, or if they're already working with another photographer, they might say no, and that's totally fine too. So what I've found personally in the past when I have done free photo shoots for people is that they just didn't value it. So they weren't as invested in the experience and I found myself feeling sometimes a little bit disgruntled, yeah? Now that's not to say that that happens all of the time, but I think when people don't have skin in the game, they're not going to respect you enough. They're not going to help you, assist you, make the experience the best that it can and you're going to have to sort of slot into their life. Whereas if they're invested, if they're paying something, if they're contributing in some way, then you're going to find that people are probably going to put a little bit more effort into the photo shoot experience with you and they'll respect it a little bit more and they'll use the photos better and they'll give you credits and things like that. So my recommendation would always be to try and make sure that there's some sort of a financial commitment from the clients. Now, if you do approach another business and you want to do something like a contra deal, Look, those can work too. However, I'm going to be really honest with you. I have found myself that sometimes with contra deals, it can be the exchange is not fair. So you're going to be giving them quite a lot of images potentially and lots of value in terms of marketing and things. You just need to make sure that you quantify exactly what the exchange is so that there's a dollar for dollar value and that you make sure that you get exactly what the value of your photo shoot would be. So with contra deals and you're going to another business, Uh, Sometimes it doesn't always work out, as I said, and you just need to be really clear from the get-go about exactly what the exchange of services is, just to make sure that you're fairly remunerated, because you don't want to kind of look back in six months' time and think, oh, I didn't get exactly what I thought I would get out of that experience. However, if you get great images for your folio and you're happy with that, by all means, you can do that. But again, making sure that the business or the business owner or the, the, the setup of the photo shoot is something that will be valuable to you for your marketing purposes. Because remember, what we're doing today now and what we're talking about is building your folio. So don't just go and do a photo shoot for a business because you'd like to look after them. Make sure that the kind of images that you're creating with them are definitely going to be good for your folio. So you need to take control of the shoot. If you're doing a photo shoot for another business 
Again, making sure that you are in control of the creative side so that you're creating the kind of images that you want to be showing, not necessarily what they are. Now, that's not to say that you can't create a series of photographs that they require. By all means, you're more than welcome to do that. But I think for the most part, you want to make sure that it's very clear that you're using the photographs for your marketing purposes and that you're the one that's the captain of the ship for the duration of the photo shoot. Now, the other thing you can do, of course, is that you can always set up a dummy shoot with family and friends who are in business. So if you've got someone, a girlfriend or a a mate that's in business and you think, oh, hey, I'd love to be able to capture your business because again, it's going to work for the direction that you want your folio to look like, then by all means, you can set up something with them. Again, just making sure that you're very clear that this is your shoot and that you're doing it so that you make sure that you capture the styles of images that are going to showcase what you want to be shooting and who you want to be shooting going forward. Now, it doesn't always work great with family and friends because sometimes uh, you can lose yourself a little bit. You can get a little bit embarrassed if you're only new. You might get a little bit overwhelmed if they say something a little bit negative and it sort of grates on you a little bit. So you do need to make sure that when you choose somebody that you know to photograph, that you are being selective about somebody who's going to be supportive of you in the experience and not kind of add little comments that might sort of unhinge you a little bit because you don't want to feel like you know, you just don't want that, you know, you can always have that uncle or something that can say something that can <laughs> like literally sweep you off your feet and take you back to when you're a five-year-old child or something like that. So you want to avoid those sorts of situations. Remember, again, I'm going to keep drilling this in. This is a photo shoot for you. As much as you're going to be adding to their business or giving them content that they can do marketing for, you want to make sure that you get the value. Now, the last type of shoot that you can obviously do is where you completely create the event all of your own. You can concept the ideas, you can bring in models, you get to choose the locations, all of it. Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to put some caveats on here because I do think that this style of shoot is really, really great. If you, particularly if you want to get some images in a particular location, you might say, I want to go into the city and do lots of shots. Having a model that you take into the city with you will be fantastic because they will get straight into the poses and you can move through lots of lots of things quickly. But I will say again, and I'm going to say this and keep repeating myself, make sure you choose models who feel like real people and they're also in the demographic of the people that you want to shoot. Okay, dokey. So when I first started my photo studio, so this is my portrait studio, which was solely, you know, towards women, portraits for women. I had just come out from having a beautiful photo shoot with Sue Bryce, so I was feeling super empowered. And at the time, I was in my early 30s. So I sort of had this misconception that that was going to be my market. Early 30-somethings, I was thinking just had babies, you know, or just about to get married or, you know, so late 20s, early 30s was what I thought. So I started photographing a bunch of models and really beautiful, gorgeous women around me. Anyone that I could see, I sort of was, you know, asking, come and have a photo shoot with me and, and all of that. Now, that was all well and good. I got some beautiful photographs, but I pretty soon recognized that most of the women in the photographs that I was showing kind of look like models. <laughs> yeah, they were beautiful girls and, and all of that. None of them particularly looked 
like normal women. And so suddenly I realized that there was a disconnect in what I was showing and who I wanted to capture because pretty quickly I recognized that it was more women over 40 and 50 that I wanted to really be capturing and empowering with my portraits. But I had a bunch of photographs and that I was out there showing that showed sort of young 20 and 30 somethings, right? So when you're choosing models, <laughs> When you actually are going to select people, you can go into any of those um, websites to choose models. Make sure you pick women that look like real women or men that look like normal men because if all of your shots look like models, you're going to find that your audience is going to sort of look at your photos and go, well, I could never look like that next, yeah? We want them to be able to see themselves represented in your photos. So if you're going to create one of these beautiful events, again, where you get to choose everything, can I please advise you to make sure that you choose models who look and feel regular, normal people. And then the fact that they can do some extraordinary posing for you is a bonus. <laughs> now, you also, as I touched on before and I alluded to before, here you get to choose the locations. You get to create the sets. So if you've got a studio, obviously you'll be wanting to utilize that to make sure that you kind of are showing what you're actually going to be shooting. So do you want to travel? Do you want to be a coastal style shooter like me? Would you prefer that your portfolio looks a lot like city-based stuff or perhaps you're out in rural areas? Make sure that you choose the locations to suit exactly what you want to be showing, okay? Now, when it comes to posing, this is where you really need to start stepping it up. So you've got to make sure that when you're setting up these shoots that everything doesn't look too one notey. I can't tell you enough how many people I see with personal brand folios and to be honest with you everything starts to look a little bit monotonous. So make sure you're varying up the poses and make sure you're varying up the activities so that you can showcase to people the variety that you can produce. Now if you're not sure about posing for personal branding I actually have a personal branding posing guide that you can get your hands on. I'm going to pop a link into the show notes so that you can get your hands on that if you want. But basically what you need to start doing is studying real reality posing. So whether it looks like you go to something like Instagram or Facebook and have a look at what other people are producing for themselves. You'll be able to see lots of examples of how people are getting creative with their iPhones. And that's the sort of stuff that I want to help you to start producing so that the photos start looking like for your clients that they're taking on real days. And you kind of want to start showing that obviously within your folio as well. Of course, in your folio, you need to have people connecting beautifully with the camera. But if you really want to start looking at this personal branding, brand as a genre, you need to make sure that you're also offering people like behind the scenes working style images, that you're showing the beautiful profiles with nice wide, wide shots so that they can put text on things. You want to be making sure that you're showing um, them in their natural lifestyle as well, or else it could be doing other things like, you know, speaking gigs or, you know, a lot of the time I've got people standing speaking from stage. If people are podcasters, you can get them doing that, working on their desk, reading books, doing all of that sort of thing. So I want you to make sure that when you're creating your folio, if you're looking at doing personal branding, similar to what I do, capturing people's kind of reality and their lifestyle, 
with hyper, you know, beautiful makeup and all that sort of stuff. If you want to be creating real personal branding photography, you need to make sure that you're telling that full story. And so people can't get a sense of you doing that unless you're showing it to them in your folio. So whether you choose to do a model shoot, whether you choose to work with an existing business, whether you choose to try and do it with some family and friends and even mock up a business with them, whichever way that you choose to go, just be sure that your folio is full of the kinds of people that you'd like to work with, the locations that you'd like to be shooting at and giving lots of variety in the styles of posing that you're showing so that your prospective clients can get a really full sense of what you'll be able to offer them. Now, as I said, if you want to get your hands on that personal branding guide, I'm going to pop the link into the show notes so you can do that. And if you are liking what you're hearing, if you're loving what what I'm sharing with you, I would love if you could take the time to perhaps write a review and even hit that subscribe button on this podcast wherever you're listening to it because that really helps for me to be able to get this podcast in front of other photographers like you who really want to learn more about personal branding and how to improve what they're doing for their clients. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that and I look forward to sharing with you in the next episode. Why you're so salty? I'll still take a bite. Okay, you can take my Lambo. I'll put on a tight show. You sure you can handle